0: You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Kingpin Tattoo Supply. Check out Kingpin online at kingpintattoosupply.com. I just picked up the Ed Hardy's 30th anniversary tattoo time box set from Kingpin. These books were literally thrust into my hand day one of my apprenticeship, so they shaped the way that I think about tattoos. I was blown away back then by the groundbreaking work that I saw in the books by Ed Hardy, Bob Roberts. It was the first place that I was introduced to Dan Higgs' work. Just blown away. My personal favorite out of all the books has got to be the white cover. That's the art from the heart volume. You can't go wrong with a book that has articles on Bob Shaw, Tom DeVita, Suluape Patello, and Mike Malone. Mike Malone is probably one of my favorite interviews ever. It's just packed full of amazing stories and pictures. These are essential books for any tattoo artist or fan. In addition to books, Kingpin has been publishing artist sketchbooks and flash for over a decade. Whether you want inspiration, reference, or some tattoo history, Kingpin has hundreds of books and flash collections to choose from. Visit KingpinTattooSupply.com and let them know Joe Swanson from Sullen Radio sent you. Hey everybody, this is Joe Swanson. Welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio. Please make sure you share the show. I really appreciate it. Click that share button when you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Facebook. Wherever you're listening, click that share button. Tell your friends about the show. I really appreciate it. You can click share from sullenradio.com on the blog. You can get all the old shows there. Vail, Colorado in October. I'm going to be out there in your city. So if you're around Vale and you want to come out and get tattooed by me, hit me up in an email, Joe at SullenRadio.com. That's going to be on October 12th and 13th. I'm opening up some spots to tattoo, so hit me up, Colorado. Uh, come out. It's my birthday week, so my birthday's on the 11th. I want to tattoo you guys on the 12th or 13th. So Joe at SullenRadio.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at OG Joe Swanson.
1: This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio. I'm Joe Swanson. I'd like to welcome my guest today, James Kern. Man, other than moving, uh, other than moving furniture today, how are you doing?
1: Oh, doing great. Not a lot of sleep, but because uh, the movers were coming early to deliver the furniture. But
0: dude, we were in the same boat today, man. I was helping my sister-in-law move today. It is one I. I absolutely think that moving is one of my fucking least favorite things to do ever. Like I hate that shit, especially if you got two stories,
1: I happily pay movers if I'm moving all my stuff.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy, man. It was hot here too. Not as hot as it has been. I mean, it, it has been peaking up into the, you know, over a hundred, um, still. And it, it, it was back down the last few days. Uh, in the 70s and 80s, but today was a little bit warmer, so it was bullshit. Wow.
1: <laughs> well, what we were doing actually, I was getting furniture delivered into this apartment that we're setting up to for guest artists and for us to rent out on Airbnb um, cool. for people who come to visit the shop. We have an apartment that's behind it that we I own the building for the shop, and then we've been renovating to be able to offer that for guest artists or friends who come visit or whoever, you know. So we're furnishing it. And painting it and doing all this stuff so wow <laughs> man awesome.
0: that's fucking cool you know that's one of those things that you know when you go on guest spots it's always ai uh, oh, am gonna you know drop money for a hotel i'm gonna stay with somebody at the shop and you know i slept when i went out to erno's in san francisco in 98 or early 99 i i slept in the shop like he was like yeah man
1: sleep yeah. up there some people have done that for sure
0: yeah so h- how long have you had that shop up there
1: I've had this shop since 2007, I think okay. yeah so about eight years and, and a half yeah. <laughs> so um, since it opened and I bought the building in 2006 and then there was only two other businesses really in the next couple blocks around my shop. but now the street that we're on has exploded. like there's been so much construction and so much new stores and apartments and everything it's crazy. Like this one of the hottest streets in Portland right now. We're restaurants and, and businesses, so it's it's completely transformed in the last few years.
0: That's awesome. It's probably cool to see that right before your eyes. I mean, having invested in that area, and now all of a sudden it's starting to pay off as far as things getting gentrified and, and um, new businesses moving in. It's probably cool to oh, see.
1: Yeah. and we've renovated the shop to uh, allow for more artists to work here. It wasn't really set up right for it before, and then also setting up for the Airbnb slash, uh, guest artist space in the back is going to really help out. Hmm. You know, we figure people travel to to do tattoos, you know, we could offer them a pretty cheap place to stay and for good friends, you know, they won't have to pay at all. Of course. Right.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. That's cool, man. Do you, do you keep a pretty heavy travel schedule? I saw you down at, um, Palm Springs. Um, what's that like for you these days? I went to hell
1: city. And then the week after that I was in Germany. And then the week after that I was in Ireland (laughs)
0: Wow, uh, man. Yeah,
1: so the Portland Tattoo Expo is coming up, not this weekend, but next weekend. Mm-hmm. And then nine days after that's the Worldwide Tattoo Conference. So it's kind of chaotic.
0: <laughs> man, it seems, uh, how do you manage that, man? The shop, having the shop there um, and still still going on that heavy kind of convention circuit. How do you balance those two? That seems well, tough. It's it's tricky. Luckily,
1: I have really good people who work for me. And they're fairly independent. And uh, one of the people who work with me, Rachel Gilbert, well, actually it's Falkowski now, but because she got married. But uh, she's worked with me almost the entire time the shop's been open. And you know, she doesn't mind making sure everyone gets paid while we're out of town and taking care of everything for us. So you know, she gets a little extra in her percentage, and because uh, sure. she's been with us the whole time and. She helps us out, so
0: it's absolutely. Awesome. It's I've she watches to... our
1: dogs too. <laughs>
0: Dude, I'm telling you, that's like uh, that's a key thing because we have pets. I'm I'm going out of town this weekend. My kids, so my in laws are going up to a cabin that they own, uh, about two and a half hours away. My kids, two of my older kids, are going to drive up there on Saturday, and my little kids are coming here uh, to, to hang out with me for the weekend. Cause it's their weekend with me and we're going to go surprise them up in, uh, on Saturday night for dinner. We'll show up up there as well. So, but dude, we have dogs. My wife is going to stay here, watch the dogs. Cause, um, we're going out of town to Colorado, um, for, for like a birthday, uh, week, uh, from the 10th to the 17th. And, you know, we're kind of using up our our family dog watching. So yeah, it's one of the
1: hardest things when you have pets. I mean, we we could have been gone for a month and a half, and the shop would have been taken care of. But the dogs, it's it's hard. We have cats too, and those are a little easier because they don't uh-huh. need people there all the time. But dogs have to be able to be let out and all that stuff. So you know, it's it's hard. We were gone last time for three weeks, so we had someone watch our dogs for three weeks. We split up between two different people. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, that's the trickiest part, coordinating for sure. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, What kind of dogs do you have?
1: Uh, two little Boston Terriers and they're pretty old, but, uh, you know, they're still healthy. So they're kind of lazy and sleep all day, but they want attention, you know? Sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You still gotta, you still gotta pet them behind the ears, you know?
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) They love that.
0: So you got the, the worldwide tattoo convention coming up uh, or conference, (laughs) Um, talk yes, about it's... that. You're doing, uh, sounds like a pretty cool, uh, seminar called expressive tattoos, value, saturation, color temperature. Yeah, talk about um, that and how it came about. And that, ex- that conference seems like amazing. And, it, and I know you've been a part of it before. Um, what's been your experience with it and, and talk a little bit about your seminar as well. It sounds cool.
1: Well, my first time I went to, I went as a participant, uh, watching and, uh, I actually ended up being asked to be on the discussion panel at the end because Nick Baxter lost his voice. And then I was on the discussion panel in London as well because they wanted to have an additional person. So that was kind of, I just happened to be there both times. And they were like, hey, you want to come up and (laughs) field questions too? So it's like, but this time I get to talk. And that'll be uh, scary and exciting at the same time. Mm -hmm. But having gone to it a couple of times and having a rough idea kind of what people talk about, I wanted to do something a little different and I'm I'm talking kind of about art concepts and how they work with tattooing. So the way choices made about value and color and then saturation and all that stuff affects how the image looks and creates an emotional response from the viewer. So that's really what I'm going to focus on my talk. Since I'm only talking for about an hour, I want it to be very concise but very interesting and talk about a few art concepts that don't really get discussed too much in tattooing, but it can really change everything as far as, mm-hmm. you know, the quality of how your work looks.
0: Right. When did you when did that become a realization to you? You, you paint a lot. Um, you also tattoo in a wide variety of styles. When did that idea that kind of thinking about those minute artistic details would have such an impact on the tattooing come to be?
1: Well, I went to school for art. So okay. I, I've had all those concepts kind of bouncing around in my head for a long time already. And, you know, it's not just about um, contrast with, you know, light and dark, but also with color and with, you know, hard versus soft edges and then uh, saturated colors versus desaturated colors. And All these things can make much more dynamic images if you use them in conjunction with each other for the most visual impact. Um, I I chat a lot with a couple of friends of mine who are really great painters. So these kind of ideas kind of bounce around and talk about stuff. And I, I touch on that concept a little bit in part of my other seminar, uh, Tattooing the Impossible, mm-hmm. which I'm giving at the uh, Portland Tattoo Expo next weekend and also giving at the St. Louis Old School Expo in November. Cool. Um, but there's a little bit I talk about that in that, but that one's more about approaches to tattooing and less about the the design and the art aspect of it. So I wanted to have a, a seminar that I hadn't done before that focused more on the art concepts because I think it's really important. And it really you know, pushes the art to be more expressive and, and also have more visual impact.
0: I think more and more people are definitely getting on board with that idea, you know, uh, and taking not just tattoo seminars, but they're taking art classes and they're kind of, re-establishing these, um, these art guidelines, you know, and, and find digging into those to enhance their tattooing. I think it's, it's becoming more and more popular, man. I mean, especially like guys like yourself and, um, scrolling through your Instagram, seeing, uh, Stefano, uh, Alcantara, who I've had on my other podcast before and wonderful painter, wonderful tattooer, um, you guys took the, um, illustrator's <laughs> mask. Yeah. He, yeah. He's he,
1: a good buddy of mine.
0: Yep, Super <laughs> cool guy. And, and, um, ha- had a great time talking with him as well. And, uh, we were both, um,
1: also in- Joe Capobianco and Christian Perez and, um, um, who else was there? Uh, uh my great friend, Conan Lee, uh, from mm-hmm. Indianapolis and Ernesto Nave, um, those are all other tattooers who were actually at the Illustration Masterclass too, pushing themselves and learning mm-hmm. and, and growing as artists. And it's really inspiring to see that. There's probably a couple others. Uh, Rain Delmar, also from New York, she was there as well. Cool. But it's still out of the 100 illustrators who were there, like maybe eight were tattoo artists, you know? Uh-huh. So, But uh, it's nice to see that moving towards that more art education as opposed to just tattooing education Mm -hmm. because tattooing education, of course, is very important. But once you have those techniques on how to do a good tattoo down, then it's about the art Mm -hmm. and what you can push as far as what you can do artistically in the skin.
0: Yeah, man, it's, it's, I think you're absolutely right. I think more and more people as, like I said before, they're, they're looking for that stuff to set their work apart and talk about that, how that class was, man. I mean, you got to, you know, see, see speakers like Boris Vallejo and um... And Julie
1: Bell, his wife. Yeah. And some other people who I wasn't super familiar with that are amazing. (laughs) Like Dan Dos Santos. Uh, Everyone should Google these people. This guy named Scott Fisher. He does a lot of comic book covers. And um, this guy named Greg Manchez, who, who lives actually out here part-time this guy named Donato Giancola, who is an amazing artist. He's won several spectrum awards. He's also a, In the Songs of Ice and Fire calendar, he's got three or four of his paintings illustrating the Game of Thrones in there and done a lot of paintings illustrating uh, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and everything, too. That guy's amazing. And some of these guys have DVDs. You can actually watch to see how they paint and sign everything. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. What was that? And, of course, James Gurney as well. I can't forget him. He's amazing. The guy who created Dinotopia, he he was there and gave a great lecture. And um, Mike Mignola, the guy who created Hellboy, he was there. Wow. Teaching amazing, amazing people there.
0: How did you How long have you been going uh, to, to that type of class? Was it your first one? and, and how did you hear about it and, and talk about that experience Because just like what it was like day to day and and some of the high points that you, that you that you got to experience there, man. It sounds so cool.
1: I met two of uh, my best friends, uh, Conan Lee from Voluda Tattoo and his, his uh, wife Michelle Adams, and at one of the Paradise Artist Retreats. And he told me about it because he had been once before and I wasn't able to go last year because I was getting married like the week after the Illustration Masterclass. So I wanted to make sure everything was straight here. (laughs) My wife's wonderful and she's like, you can go, but I'm like, I think I should be here. (laughs) But we made it a goal for me to go this year. It was my first time and it's pretty intensive. It's a week long and uh, it's pretty much 24 hours a day, really, if you let it happen. The first lecture is at 10 a.m., then there's lunch and then there's another lecture and then you work on projects, however late, you know, and then there's another evening lecture. So it's like lectures and demonstrations every day starting at 10 a.m. And then there was three nights that I went to bed after the sun was up already, um, from working all night on my art while I was there. So it's, it's, I got maybe 15, 20 hours of sleep in the week time I was there wow. because why waste your opportunity to be with all these great artists? Cause not just the staff, who are teaching who are professional illustrators are amazing but the students a lot of them are amazing illustrators already so there's so many amazing artists there that you don't want to waste any of your time not meeting them and not hearing what they have to say and getting feedback from them because it's such a great resource
0: did it seem like everybody there was open to uh, where discussions flowing and happening and um while people are i'm not sure what type of artist you are when you're in your work and you're working are you experiencing just that or are you experiencing what's happening out you know around you and how does that you know how do you take that in
1: Well, for me, like, ego has very little place in in learning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So uh, if you actually want to be open to learning from all these great artists that are out there, you got to put that aside and be willing to listen to any criticisms and be open to it because they may be right, you know, and most likely they are because they're experts in their fields. Mm -hmm. So when I was there, even though I've been working as a professional tattoo artist for almost 21 years and been drawing and painting my whole life, you know, these guys, do it every day as well, so of course they have valuable information to share. And um Scott Fisher, the guy i mentioned before, he's done a lot of uh covers for the comic book Angel and Faith and a bunch of other amazing art. he he, he puts stuff on this website called everydayoriginal.com, which is pretty amazing too if you've never been on it. It's all original art for less than five hundred dollars and they post new pieces every day. Wow. And uh he makes little art pieces and puts them for sale on there as well as a few other people do. Um, but they all, he really helped me so much with ideas about composition and all this other stuff. And a lot of the lectures at the beginning of the, of the week were all about composition and, and value control and all that stuff. And I actually would like to do a composition workshop at some point for, for tattoo artists as well, that goes beyond just the flow, fitting it to the the body, but also other concepts of composition that are more advanced, Mm -hmm. you know? But uh, that's a whole another seminar to develop, you know.
0: <laughs> right, right. Where was that? Uh, where was that workshop held at?
1: The illustration master is, is in um, it's in Massachusetts. In what is the Amherst uh, College in Amherst, uh, Massachusetts?
0: Okay. What? You...
1: And it's usually in June.
0: Okay. Why do they hold hold it out there? Do you know? Is there a specific reason?
1: Because it it's near where. Um, Rebecca Gay, um, she's one of the people who started. She's an amazing illustrator as well. She was on the cover of the last Spectrum art um, book. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, she started the Illustration Masterclass about eight years ago. And I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce her name, but that's how I heard it. Uh, it's G-U-A-Y. Um, she started it, and she lives in Connecticut near okay. in Hartford, I think, and it was nearby, and it was a university, and they had space that they could use between sessions so it ended up the perfect spot for her to awesome. and a lot of the other artists are from new york or places close by so it helps them have a central place to kind of meet
0: awesome man awesome you and you've been tattooing 20 uh, 21 in november years?
1: 21 years yeah
0: yeah dude what was it like talk about that beginning time because i mean it's such a uh, yeah. such a hugely different industry now and um
1: incredibly different there's incredibly no youtube different. Mm -mm. There was actually no internet public when I started tattooing. Um, The internet became public a few months after I started tattooing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so and it was just chat rooms really at that point there was no google there wasn't any of that stuff so there was no google image search to find your tattoos on at the time you know i would get a deposit from someone and go to the library or to a bookstore and buy a book on the subject and then draw whatever kind of bird or butterfly or whatever they wanted as a tattoo right you know i had to do a lot of research on my own it was it's so much easier now especially you know with the new rotary machines that are out that are run so perfect and efficient. Like you don't have to mess with all your machines all the time. And people are a lot more open. There's seminars and DVDs and workshops and things like the worldwide tattoo conference that didn't exist, Mm -hmm. you know, where people can actually accelerate their learning. And, uh, back then, you know, no one wanted to teach you anything, Mm -mm. you know, because they considered every person who tattooed as intense competition against them you know and it's partially because their skills wouldn't be whatever, you know, or there just wasn't as many people getting tattooed at the time. Mm-hmm. So the the real thing is now that it's so much easier to learn and get good information now that people who have been tattooing 3 4 years are doing work that it would take 10 15 years to figure out how to do, you know, if you really worked at it back then, right. you know. Yeah, it's, it's pretty in, impressive.
0: It's crazy to see like you scroll through Instagram, I was I saw somebody that was absolutely just killing it, blowing my mind with their <laughs> work
1: since 2012. Fuck <laughs> like, yeah, really? dude! Exactly. I Saw one the other day. I was like, "You're kidding me,
0: dude!" I'm I'm sure. I, maybe it's even the same fucker that we that I saw. I mean, I was just like, I the couldn't. First believe... I saw was a lady. And That's a, yes, okay. It is her because, um, the same one. It's she had this sleeve of this zebra and this crocodile that she did. I don't know if it's.
1: It might be the same person.
0: Holy shit, man! And I forget her name name offhand. I posted. It's like Valentina, maybe, or something like that. But I posted.
1: It is something like that, dude. How
0: fucking crazy is that? But I wonder
1: if she learned from someone who's amazing because it's very possible. Absolutely (laughs)
0: possible. Absolutely. And and I would think that to get to that level of tattooing, you have to have some high level people around you, or at least be on that path where. You are I mean, it seems like a lot of people there's a couple different modes of operation now, you know in tattooing, you know, there's not so much more. Do you see the people that are just sitting in a shops all day, every day, and that's the waiting only place they're at, come in. waiting yeah. for people to come in. They're they have a home base, they have that grounded shop that they can be at, but they're on that hustle, that tattoo tour hustle really, you know. Um
1: Yeah, I think that gets uh wearisome <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that tattoo tour. I've been uh, doing conventions since 1997, and uh, I've probably been to about 200, which is probably about 400 less than Bob Terrell. <laughs> right. But, uh, and he's been tattooing a lot less, but <laughs> but he's on the road all the time, you know. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, I have a, a wife and you know a shop here that you know I got to kind of pay a little bit of attention to, and I love my home. You know, Portland's amazing don't move here because there's too many people moving here unless you're awesome. (laughs) Then move here. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's, I, I do really love it here. And that's one reason why I'd like to travel a little less to conventions and maybe do more guest spots where I can actually spend time with the people that I want to go visit more instead of having to deal with the hectic convention.
0: I think, I think that's coming, man. I, I, I think that this convention bubble talking to people, it seems like it, might be slowing a bit. And some of those fly by night shows that just popped up and, and and are going to be going away you'll have those standards that are always going to remain. Um, but you're going to see people doing more guest spots. I think, I think that that model's cool too, because you do get that same, you can go out and reach those people in that same city. Um, you can see the people that you're very close with and, Shit! If you and go... with the
1: internet and social media, it's really easy to promote that you're going to be in a certain town, right? Because they can post it on their shop's website. You can post it on yours, and people who follow you from all around the world will know you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were doing just guest spots before, they'd have to put something in the local paper, and maybe people would see it or not, or you'd rely on walk-ins. Yeah. But now you can actually really promote it globally, even. So that's that's a big advantage to doing that. I, there used to be only like. 10 to 12 conventions a year and everybody went to all of them, mm-hmm. you know? So it used to be like a family reunion every time I would go, but now there's so many shows that people are split up. Some are going here, some are going there, you know, hell city is still one of those that it's awesome every time, you know? yeah. But in the U S there's not that many that I can think of that have that level of professionalism at the show, as well as the the level of artistry. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to, uh, the United Inc. show in New York, which I hear is really great. yeah.
0: That, but uh,
1: it's usually at the same time as something else I'm doing, so I haven't had a chance to make it there.
0: Yeah, I think the Bay Area Tattoo Convention uh, or the Bay Area Convention of the Arts is Taki's show out here, State of Grace show. Yeah, um, that's, that's, in, uh, that's in October. San Jose, right? Uh, well, it's South South San Francisco. Uh, they usually hold it at the Hyatt. And, you know, that's one of those that everybody comes to. I mean, you're going to see yeah, my... that's
1: another one of them.
0: You know, the everybody from Fifth Street... Um, you know, I've seen Rubendall there. I mean, you just name it and they're there, you know, I I saw Stuart Robson's shit there for the, not for the first time, but I looked through his, uh, his portfolio and got like three pages in one of which was a (laughs) stencil. And I'm like, holy fuck, you
1: know, so good. Yeah. There's so many, so many talented people out there and Mm -hmm. they're coming out of the woodwork. I'm like, I'll be scrolling through Instagram. I'm like, who did that? And it'd be someone I've never heard of. And it's like, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, So many, so many, the world has grown so much as far as tattooing skill. Yeah. And there's so many more people involved. It's hard to know everybody now.
0: Right. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. How do you, as, as an artist, I mean, probably as a painter, who's dealing with, um, artists that are outside of tattooing and, you have to drop that eagle, like you said earlier today. Um, does that translate over into tattooing as as well? Uh, you are somebody that's giving seminars. You are somebody that's speaking as an expert to tattooers. Um, I hope hopefully you can't hear my fucking dogs. Can you hear them? Not really. No. Okay. Shit. Sorry, Jeremy. I didn't, I didn't didn't notice them. (laughs) Good. I hear them out there. And, uh, that was one of the things in the first podcast. I don't know if, uh, the listeners right now go back and listen to the Bob Tyrell interview. Apparently they they were fucking barking and Bob could hear them. I've been nervous ever since, man. I fucking didn't notice. So good.
1: It, it must not be that loud.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Um, but uh, how do you deal with that? Uh, you know that ego part when you're, um, and just seeing the the volume of work and, and the, um, the level of work being put out right now as somebody who. Um, is around and about all the time and seeing those different people who I'm sure you go to conventions, you know, when you do, you walk through each one of them and you go, Holy shit, who's this guy? <laughs> you know,
1: Yeah, when I have the time to actually look at other people's stuff, mm. it's, it's always pretty inspiring. But uh, you know, I, I try actually to take one of the days off at the conventions I really like to go to mm. so I can walk around and see everybody. Cause there's been so many shows where I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were at the show too. Well, I guess I'll see you next time. Uh, you know. So I, I like to avoid that and see actually the people I know when I get there. But um, for me, I, I don't have – I mean, I have, of course, self-confidence, but I, I try not to have a big ego mm-hmm. because I know there's always going to be someone better than me that can inspire me. So – and I, I, I know that ego is one of the biggest things that turns people off Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm a friendly guy. I like everyone to be cool and happy and and have fun together. You know, Mm -hmm. we have a a blessed life as far as, you know, being able to be creative and make art for a living and travel the world. So I, you know, I'm grateful for every friend and every client that I get. So um, because I can't imagine, you know, if it were any other way. Mm
0: -hmm. But, uh,
1: you know, I don't think. I think it's important to keep your ego in check all the time because you never know the person you're meeting, you know, that's just walking up looking and see if you have time, you know, could be an amazing artist and you won't even know, you know, Mm -hmm. and if you give them the cold shoulder because you don't know who they are, you could be closing a door for yourself later on as far as meeting someone really cool. And not even necessarily career-wise, whatever, your career is what you make of it, Mm -hmm. you know. That all depends on how much you hustle and how much you network. But if you're closing doors to people by giving them the cold shoulder and you don't know anything about them, then it's it's just never good. I mean, sometimes people are busy and they don't have time to talk, but it never hurts to smile and be friendly and say hello, you know. But people who don't have time to even say hello to people when you walk in their shop, that's crazy.
0: My yeah. station's
1: like right by the front door. And whenever someone comes in, even if I'm tattooing, I'll say, hi, let me know if you have any questions. You know,
0: do you think that's, that comes it,
1: all, that's all it takes really is a smile and say hello. And if they have questions, they'll, they'll ask you if not, they'll say, okay, thanks. And see you later. Yeah. You know?
0: Do you think you that don't comes give from a
1: shoulder to people just walking in to look around?
0: Right. Right. Do you think that I, you doing that? Cause a lot, of, a lot of folks like to be a little more secluded, but I think that, Mentality of being up in the front, and making sure you are talking to the people as the shop owner or somebody that's very invested in the shop, talking to the people that come in. I mean, it's shit eighty percent of the most difficult. You know, the, it's eighty percent to get them into the shop. Then it's yours right. to sell. You know, and do you think that comes from tattooing for so long, man, and and from a different time when you can't just promote? via instagram and facebook and have people coming in already knowing you you have to really speak to them and get that let them get to know you
1: well my shop when i opened it here um, for a few years really was not super like available for walk-ins like we would the door would be unlocked but we didn't have a lot of signage that would draw them in and it was just me and rachel who were working here so we didn't really have a lot of time to work on walk-ins, mm-hmm. but now we have a few more people working here. But we still work primarily by appointment. But you know, if you give someone the cold shoulder, they're never even going to email you. You know, sometimes the people just want to walk in and check it out, and they don't even want to bother you. But it never hurts to be friendly. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it could be because I've been tattooing so long, and I know that desire to. To Okay, I need to make sure that people know that I'm available kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, I think it's really just comes down to I, I gave a, a high school career day talk one time, and uh, about tattooing here in Oregon. And uh, it was kind of funny. One of the teachers had asked a question. It's like, well, is there anything that you would tell the kids that would discourage them from wanting to be tattoo artists? And I thought that was kind of a strange question at first. <laughs> But then it really does make sense, and I thought of one thing that if that would convince people to not want to be a tattoo artist. I think if you don't like people and you're not a people person, you're in the wrong business. Like because that is your business. You have to spend time with them for long periods, entertain them, like uh, man, help them manage their pain. And it's so boring to just sit there and not talk to someone all day. Like the people are really half the business, and. I've seen people who were mediocre tattooers that had great businesses with really loyal clients because they were really friendly and they had a great time when they came in. The experience is a big part of Mm -hmm. the tattoo. People will remember a great experience and a mediocre tattoo happier than they will a great tattoo and an asshole who tattooed them.
0: 100% man, absolutely. Customer
1: service is such a big part of this industry and I think it it gets overlooked a lot. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I want to hear about um, Portland and, and what you like about that, that city. And, um, but I first hear, I'm going to, I found this girl's Instagram. Uh, I just get a li- little shout out <laughs> tattooing since 2013, Valentina Riabova, And it's a uh, VAL underscore tat boo, T-A-T-B-O-O.
1: I think that's actually a different lady than I had saw. Cause I think she was tattooing since 2012. And I was like, man, they're all so
0: good. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, it's it's, inten- it's intense. <laughs> awesome work, man. Color realism and um, just beautiful. Top, top, yeah, I'll top I'll definitely have notch. to check her out later. Yeah, it's it's wild. You know, I was watching, um, I've been talking with uh, Megan Jean Morris uh, about getting her on the podcast and watched a video of her talking about her work and, and how it's kind of developed. And it's interesting that, you know, she was talking about, you know everybody's watched everybody else's DVDs, and color realism went through this kind of period where everybody got really good at it, and now people are. But you, you've kind of Google. Where do you go from there? What? Right. Exactly. You like you look through all these faces, the girl faces. You look through all the roses. They've all been you know Google searched, and and so you now you have to do what you're talking about. And that's the trick develop
1: is to create your own voice with it
0: exactly, and that's what she said too. You know, people got the technical application down now, and now they're moving into freehand aspects of work, and which you're not going to freehand aspects of color realism or realism unless you're very very well versed in the basics. You know, for sure. And you got to um,
1: understand how light works. You got to understand how color works, mm-hmm. and and the dimensionality of the objects. But also, you know, even if you're going to trace a photo to do a, a color realism piece you don't have to trace it exactly like how the picture is you're if you're an artist you can exaggerate certain shapes and forms to make it look even more real than it does in the photo mm-hmm. because it's your artistic knowledge to make certain aspects of it shine a little bit more than others you know maybe you want to you know one of the artists at the illustration Masterclass called it you know adding starch to things you know <laughs> where like in folds and fabric. You can make them a little sharper. You can make them a little more defined. You can do all kinds of little things to enhance your photo reference and still kind of carry the, the feel of it, but it not be just a copy of the photo. You, mm-hmm. can, you can actually bring out certain aspects of it and give it more character and, and add a little bit of your hand to it. You know, mm-hmm. your own artistic vision. You don't yeah. have to just trace it and do it exactly how it is.
0: Right. Absolutely. Like Nico
1: has gone from copying photos to putting his own ideas about how it should look into it he's Mm -hmm. he's pushed into that area where he's actually changing the photos a little bit to to look like his style even though it still looks like a photo of the person and the likeness is there it's not exactly a copy of the photo anymore which is great because he's he's found how he likes to do it and he's pushing it that direction
0: How, how, you know, I was thinking about this after watching that video um, of Meg and Jean talking about the DVDs. I went to look at, I went to Kingpin and to see if they had what DVDs they had on color portraiture. And they have Nico's, one of Nico's DVDs. How far away do you think um, the stuff that Nico taught in that DVD is away from where he's at today?
1: Well, I think the technique is the same, but I think his ideas about how to approach it has changed a little bit, like his ideas about the contrast and what level of detail needs to be in there and how to um, explain the form has evolved as opposed to just trying to make duplicate this value and this color in this section um, as true to it as it can be, as opposed to what he does now, which is to use his artistic eye and Exaggerate th- certain parts of it, like deepen shadows and brighten highlights and things like that, to give it a different look than that original photo has. So I think his technique is pretty much the same, but his artistic eye has changed, and he's editing the photos in his mind and putting out his own version of it on skin.
0: Think that comes from painting.
1: I do, I do, because you you start to realize what details are important and what ones are better to leave out. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it it also goes with, you know, what you were talking about, about light and, and, and shadow and the way things reflect. I mean, you can enhance even that, you know, if you understand how light's going to shine off this particular face or this particular shape, well, you can enhance that. And I think being able to push and, you know, what Damon Conklin, I want, now I'm trying to think what he called it, the push pull effect of being able to, um, push and pull those standards of composition and light and dark and, and all those different things. And Nico has been able to now push those because he's so well versed. um, And guys like yourself are are able to push those because they're so well versed in the standard that they can, you know, move it in this direction um, comfortably.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think a lot of that does come from painting and I know Damon, paints all the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i i can't imagine painting as much as he paints but you know that's just because i have too many things going on i i actually haven't been able to paint in a couple weeks i'm getting a little edgy about it because we've been putting a lot of our work into getting this apartment that we've been setting up done Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i've been painting walls instead of painting canvases (laughs) the last few days
0: right right absolutely man what what's uh what, what is it about portland you like man
1: you know, when I first moved here, it was interesting because I moved from Chicago and, you know, it's it's the natural beauty in the area as well as the people, although the driving's getting worse the last year or two. But, you know, when I would walk down the street in Chicago, people wouldn't talk to you unless they wanted something from you that you didn't know, you know? <laughs> um, like they wanted money or they, you know, something, you know? Strangers didn't approach you on the street normally. Um, but here, like people... Would say hi. And I was like, what do they want? <laughs> like, <laughs> But they were just saying hi, you know, and that's all. They weren't, weren't going to continue the conversation, just being friendly. And it was, it's that that attitude that everything's, you know, a little bit more mellow and friendly here, which was very attractive at first. Mm. Um, but also, you know, there's so much beauty here as far as the, the nature. You know, I love the mountains. I love the forest. There's the ocean is an hour and a half away. Um, if you drive an hour and a half the other direction, we have the desert you know, so we have all kinds of cool stuff. If you like, you know, the world that's not made by man. <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> it seems like a <laughs> It seems <laughs> you know?
0: like a um, a cooler in temperature and more lush Southern California.
1: <laughs> you it know, is. it's it's definitely uh, a lot more temperate range. We have a temperate rainforest here, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it doesn't get super super cold. It doesn't really freeze very often. And it doesn't get usually super hot, although we had our hottest summer on record this summer, mm-hmm. which <laughs> was crazy. Um, most people didn't even have air conditioning here when I moved here because it never really got that hot. Wow. It would get really hot for a couple of days, but that was re- usually all, mm-hmm. you know, and it cools down at night. So you could open your windows and your house would cool down. And it'd be fine. But, yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, like it's definitely gotten a little bit more extreme in the weather here. Um, over the last few years, I've noticed the summers have been a little hotter and the winters, sometimes a little wetter, sometimes pretty dry. Like this last winter was pretty dry overall. Mm-hmm. Usually it rains a lot, you know, but it kind of varies from year to year. But we almost never get snow. Although last year we got a blizzard when uh, Gabe from Tattoo Now visited. <laughs> <laughs> like right as they were landing, like blizzard hit, you know. Wow. Um well, I guess it was when Guy was landing because they were going to drive down to Grants Pass to do a collaboration with Jeff.
0: Yep, I remember that.
1: Yeah, that day that Guy was flying in, we got hit with like seven inches of snow. And uh, driving to Grants Pass, it took them, instead of four hours, it took them like eight or nine or something wow. like that because the weather was so bad.
0: That's crazy. But then two
1: days later, the snow's all gone, you
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I was just looking at, um, I just picked up uh, the the um, tattoo artist magazine volume one so it's the first five tattoo artist magazines and it had a article i've got the
1: i've got the issues (laughs)
0: you have the originals probably yeah Yeah, i had uh i think i had a couple of them but i've lost them in moves and different things so i i picked that up from kingpin and that's awesome um, dude it is killer i i've just been so uh having such a good time looking back through that and talking about guy they have a article in there where grime and um, showing grime and Aaron Kane, uh, yeah.
1: my bookcase back there, you can see a lot of books. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: definitely, man.
1: I have a uh, twice as many at home.
0: <laughs> Shit. Uh, it, you know, it's like you'd spoke about earlier. It's the way it used to be, you know, you'd have to go out and get a book, you exactly. know, encyclopedia of birds, encyclopedia of sports, encyclopedia of whatever else you could find that, um, had those illustrations or those pictures of the things that you needed to quickly reference. And, um, but the magazine I was talking about had a uh, guy being tattooed. I think his whole arm was being tattooed by Grime and Aaron. By Grime. Kane.
1: Yeah. And Aaron. Kane, Holy
0: yeah. shit. Right. Like,
1: yeah, that was amazing.
0: Collaborations back in the day.
1: And then on, uh, the tattoo wars show, guy and Aaron did, uh, sabers, two arms simultaneously.
0: Isn't that crazy? Uh, and did well, the matchup separate
1: sessions for the upper part. And then the forearms were done, uh, they were designed together, but they were, yeah. The last session was both of them tattooing at the same time.
0: I remember amazing. that they had the sheet down the middle and shit. And yeah, you that's pretty see awesome. Them. Yeah,
1: I was actually there uh, when they did that part.
0: No shit, huh? Uh,
1: at Hell City, I, I was one of the people who voted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome, man. Yeah, what a cool, uh, what what a cool experience. Um, Hell City, man. That's a show that just continues to to gain momentum and, and
1: yeah, Derb's well. a visionary as far as the industry goes, you know, he, I've known him a really long time. I think I met him at one of the motor city tattoo expos mm-hmm. in the nineties and we've been friends ever since, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's great to see his show really took off. I worked the first hell city show and then I, I took a couple years off kind of in the middle, but I've been working it again the last mm-hmm. few years And it's great to be back in there again because it's such a great run show and he really has his shit together. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he he owns all the pipe and drape and all that other stuff. So he, you know, he knows what he needs to have and he's really smart about it. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be helping out with the the tattoo gathering in Venice next year. um, Which is why there's going to be no Hell City next year. Okay. Um, Because all of his stuff, he's helping out Gabe and and, uh, Alex do the Venice uh, tattoo gathering, which will be very exciting.
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely man it sounds great it's cool when you can get those kind of minds together on a project you know Um, because I I love the stuff that um, Tattoo Now has been doing Gabe and and those guys I was involved with them very early on when I first started my podcast I don't know how long I had been podcasting for and I I hit up Gabe and had him on the show and and talked to him and then went out and did some live shows which I need to hit him up because I have an interview with BJ Betts I have an interview with um, Chuck Eldridge, and then an interview with uh, actually Big Gus it was the first time I met Big Gus from Sullen and um, Doug Gus Hart. Awesome. Yeah, Gus is awesome, man. And then Doug Hardy skyped in, and um, nice. we had a little issue with that sound, but I'm sure those shows are out there floating around in somebody's hard drive. So <laughs>
1: well, That's great. Yeah, you know, one of the things I like about Gabe and the Tattoo Now people, as far as their conventions go, they of course they put out the paradise artist retreat which is amazing because mm. it's just art and seminars about art and uh it's i've met a lot of really cool artists who, who i've met at those shows that you know i'm hoping to come up and teach painting workshops at my shop and things like that um jamie lee parker actually came up and did a painting workshop and at our studio last year cool. and a guest spot but uh like the paradise or the tattoo uh, gathering in venice has dave smith who's an amazing glass artist like he does gilded signs and hmm. cut glass and all this other stuff which i actually uh, had been teaching myself how to do uh glass gilding and did my front window at my shop which no as shit. my first project um and it was really hard but it, i learned a lot and i'm I really enjoy that stuff. But Dave Smith, if you look on Instagram, Dave Smith artist, I think what his handle is amazing stuff. And so he's teaching a three day workshop at the tattoo gathering. That's awesome. And Boris Vallejo is going to be there with Julie Bell teaching a painting workshop there. And I like that they offer these things that are not just tattooing, but mm-hmm. the tattoo artists would enjoy as artists, you know?
0: Right. To, to learn glass gilding, did you do it from a book or YouTube?
1: I did. I used a book actually. Wow. Wow. <laughs> old school man yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i i did have a, some small background in sign painting when i was a teenager i worked at a sign painting place from like 12 to 15 years old on the weekend so i i'm a little familiar with it but i'd never done gilding before mm-hmm. but uh yeah it what was the experience. most challenging part of it handling the gold was tricky because mm-hmm. um, you can't actually touch it because it's all loose leaf gold and you're actually you wet the window and you lift it up with this brush called the gilder's tip and you have to kind of put a little bit of oil from your hair on to the brush and it lightly touch the gold and lift it up very carefully and then touch it to the wet part of the window and it sucks it off the brush, but you don't want to get the brush wet because it'll stick to the brush then. Oh shit. Oh, it's just really tricky handling it (laughs) (laughs) and getting used to cutting it to the right size. And you waste a lot of gold when you're first practicing and it's real gold. It's 23 karat gold. So, but it's in these super paper thin sheets. So like, air like they all crinkle up and it's,
0: oh, shit. you got to
1: be really careful handling it but uh, actually the guy dave smith has a video showing all his art um uh-huh. on youtube it's amazing because he actually does the the cut, cutting of the glass too where it gets all those cool crystal-y bevels and stuff oh, like that man. and does uh inlays and all kinds of really cool stuff his, his stuff's amazing i i wish i had time at the tattoo gathering to take his workshop but i think he sometimes does them in idaho at someone's shop there so i might that's a lot closer for me
0: (laughs) were you happy with uh how it came out
1: i am you know it's not perfect but it's handmade and it looks nice and it definitely uh, attracts attention Uh people started walking in more to look around when i put the sign in the window so uh, i think it and it looks classy Mm -hmm. because the way i designed it it looks really nice
0: yeah i love i love hand painted signs i mean i've fucked around a little bit in my earlier, you know, younger days with one shot and, um, oh, yeah. pin, and pinstriping and doing that kind of stuff. So, um, I was into hot rod shit. So I would go to actually, man, one of the, so I guess there was a time when they did the, the NorCal rat Fink reunion. So oh, yeah. for a long time they had had it in both SoCal and NorCal and they stopped doing it in Northern California. Well, the first year they came back and started doing it again, which, Okay, I was at Picture Machine in San Francisco and it had to have been like 99 and I went there met um Ed Roth, got a b- magazine signed by oh, Ed nice. Roth, watched him like letter this uh um decal to this car and you know, he's he's standing there and it's awesome. That's and you amazing. see him, Yeah, he's he's uh getting prepped for it and he's like, "Yeah, man, uh talking to the owner of the car, he goes, "Go ahead and find the center of that for me. You just mark it off there." And um, you know, has the guy has the guy who owns the car do all the like dirty work you know find the center make sure everything's set up for him and he just came in there and then just striped it, it all it's
1: amazing how they can freestyle so much of it and it looks so perfectly symmetrical hmm. I'm like how how yeah. <laughs> practice you know, absolutely
0: really. practice and you know there's techniques to it too i mean i I always you would um i, I pinstriped a handful of things and i would always fuck up where um instead of pinstriping on the on the left i'm right-handed so i pinstripe the mm-hmm. left and then i'd move to the right so you can see the left i would my tendency was always to pinstripe the right first and then you're crossing over and you're blocking your view so it's like little uh. shit like that where it's just the more you learn the more you come across these little things that make it easier it's just nice like little with
1: tips <laughs> nice
0: little tips that you don't get unless you do it or you have somebody there that's like a mentor or somebody that's experienced telling you that shit. So same with tattooing, you know, you, you have these little and painting and all these artistic endeavors. I'm sure, you know um, I'm sure it would have helped tremendously to have somebody that was a, you know, very well versed in, in glass gilding to, to be there standing there with you telling you, Oh, well, Hey, do it this way. Or this is a little thing, you know, tip or trick.
1: Oh yeah, it'd be totally worth it to take his workshop. I just don't know. I have to give a workshop while I'm there, so I don't think I'll have time. Right. Because I'll miss part of the other workshop. You know. <laughs> sure, sure,
0: absolutely, man. It's uh, what's yeah. your what's your standard? Um, you're traveling a lot. I, I'm about to take a trip to Colorado. Do you mail your stuff there? Do you pack your stuff? What's your what's your basic um, lead up I usually to traveling? Bring
1: a basic kit with me. I don't usually uh, ship much ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just try to bring the minimum of what I need to bring. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sometimes I have a travel armrest. Sometimes I don't, you know, try Mm -hmm. to get the basic colors that I need, especially if I'm traveling overseas. You got to bring extra clothes and all this other stuff. And you also don't always want them to know you're going to be tattooing. So you don't want to bring too much stuff, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's tough. You know, that's one reason why it's so much nicer tattooing in the shop.
0: (laughs) Right. Yep. I, you have
1: all the furniture you like. Everything's where you expect it to be. The lighting's better. You know, the music, the people, everything's better. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So the next, um, the next uh, trip you're going on is is the the Portland convention teaching a seminar. The... Yeah,
1: that one's local, luckily. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next one after that is the St. Louis Old School Expo, which I've gone to every one of. Um, my parents live in the St. Louis area, so it's okay. always a good excuse for me to go visit.
0: Do you have a favorite show?
1: Probably Hell City. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> a lot of people say that, man. A lot of people say that. So
1: Both of them, actually. The one in Ohio and the one in Phoenix are both great.
0: Yeah, kudos to Derb, man. A lot of people say that when I ask them. So
1: <laughs> It's a well-run convention, and mm-hmm. it's always a good time.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry about that. He's um, very
1: proactive about making sure you have everything you need. Mm-hmm. they even have it so that you can actually rent massage tables and armrests there if you can't bring one and it's it's really he really goes all out to try to make sure that people have what they need
0: mm. i think that's what's what sets those play you know the that type of show apart from you know your your average you know every weekend tattoo show i mean geez to be able to rent an armrest you know a lot of times you go to a show and you can't even get an extension for <laughs>
1: idea for me years ago too, but uh... did you? Oh shit. <laughs> Here
0: comes the truth, man.
1: But, uh, but it, he, he actually implemented it, which is really the thing, you know, mm-hmm. wherever you get your ideas from, it's whether or not you use them. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, he might not even remember the conversation I had with him about it, but it was probably 10 years ago, you know, sure. I'm like it'd be great if someone had extra armrests or massage tables, people could rent, you know? Yeah. And you know, it was in his head somewhere and he used it, you know, which is great. You know, and I think a lot of it comes from him working as a tattooer at a lot of conventions. Mm -hmm. When you when you run a show, you realize the stuff that you wished you had there and the details that you wished that the organizers had done and and it gives you a perspective that you don't have if you're just someone who runs conventions.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely, man. It's uh that's great. James, what's uh what's um other than getting some new guest spots into this new little B and B place uh, uh, or air? What is it? What is it? Uh, oh, is it Airbnb? Is the, the Airbnb? Yeah. yeah. Other than inviting people, continuing to crush it at your shop, um, any projects you have coming up? Uh, any other painting projects, book projects?
1: Well, yeah, all of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit. Um, I am working on uh, with uh, Jinxie. Whenever um, I get the opportunity, hopefully this winter, we're going to redo my cover-up book. With uh, out of step books, where we're, we've been talking about that, we need to nail that down as far as how we're going to do it. I've got all the material that I've been kind of gathering to to update and put out a, a more um, comprehensive copy of my cover up book I did ten years ago mm-hmm. uh, with new stuff and and have it kind of updated as far as information goes too. Is that stuff uh, and- that
0: you just as time goes as time goes on and you run into a situation is it just stuff you're writing down and or or do you have um that you know this is going to come in handy some sometime later or is it specifically like hey i know that i want to write this down because i want to reissue this book and i want to have updated information How does that kind of process work for you to
1: well i mean mostly the stuff that's going to be updated is project examples and then i'll talk more about the types of equipment that i use now versus Mm -hmm. back then and Um, update that section of it more, but you know, it's the approach idea is pretty similar, but I like to have a lot of project examples where they Mm -hmm. can see it in action. Yeah. And uh, my seminar was a lot more comprehensive than the book was because it was expensive putting out a book, self-publishing a book 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So I tried to limit the size of it, but I'd like to expand it a little bit and and update the information while I do that instead of just reprinting it. Like I still get emails 10 years later after it's been out of print saying, hey, do you have any copies of that book left? So like, no, no, I won and it's mine. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, I still get emails about it almost 10 years later. So Mm -hmm. it's. I want to do another one and I've been collecting lots of project examples to use for it. So it's more about just kind of writing out the new material and then handing it over to them to finish the book for me. And then having a partner with them will make it a lot easier to actually make it happen.
0: Right. Killer, man. Sounds like awesome stuff coming up for you, James. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, happy happy to hear that, and uh, excited to to see what's to come, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I've enjoyed this conversation, and and um, I wish
1: we could chat longer, but I know time's about up. <laughs> that's all
0: right, man. You know what? Get to tattooing. We can do it again. <laughs> absolutely, man. Absolutely, and I appreciate it, taking out taking out the time in your day to do this before this tattoo and. And uh, thanks, James. I appreciate it. Everybody go check them out. Where can people find you on Instagram, Facebook, and websites? Uh, my
1: Instagram is jamesmonster666. <laughs> it's just a number. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but it sounds tough, right? Yeah. Um, and our website is NoHopeNoFearTattoo.com. So you, know, you can find us on there and find out information about the shop and all the artists that we have here. We're actually going to have one or two new artists coming in the next few months to work for us. And that's exciting as well. Uh, we've had a couple of changes in staff, but uh, I'm really excited about the group of people we have and also the group of people who are, might be joining us and guest artists that are coming. So great. I'll have information about that updated on the website soon.
0: Great. Follow him on Instagram guys. Check him out on the website. Uh, we
1: also have no hope, no fear tattoo on Instagram as well.
0: Okay, perfect, man. Yeah, that's great. Portland, Oregon and around the world. James Kern, man. Thank you, James.
1: Thanks. What's Talk up? to you soon. You, you have another, so- oh, and my brother's working at our shop now currently. So uh,
0: Very cool. He, he,
1: uh, he had to close Tribulation in New York and moved to Portland, and he's been working at our studio, too, for all the Tim Kern fans out there.
0: Awesome. <laughs> Very cool, man. Thank you, James. I appreciate it. Have a great day and uh, a fun time with your client.
1: Awesome. Thanks. Have a great night.
0: All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, thanks everyone for listening. I do appreciate it. Make sure to click that share button. Tell a friend about the show. If you want to get tattooed by me, you can email me at joe at sullenradio.com. Come out to Vail, Colorado for my birthday. I'm opening up some time to tattoo on October 12th and 13th. So if you want to get something done, hit me up. Let's do something fun. Also make sure to check out Kingpin at kingpintattoosupply.com. You're not going to be dissatisfied. So if you need reference, inspiration, or you're just looking for something to read while on the shitter, hit up kingpintattoosupply.com and pick something up. Make sure you let them know you heard about them on the podcast. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate everybody listening to the show. Thanks for all the support. Have a great week, and keep hustling, everyone.